Want to earn extra cash for the holidays? Amazon Flex is expanding in the San Francisco Bay Area. Opportunities in Richmond, Oakland, and Daly City. Earn around $20 to $27 an hour delivering packages with Amazon. All you need is a car, a smartphone, and some free time. This is a great opportunity to be your own boss, deliver when you want, and make extra money. With Amazon Flex, you'll have flexible hours and great earnings. To get started, download the app at flex.amazon.com. That's F-L-E-X Amazon.com. You must be at least 21 years old. Limited opportunities available. Get started at flex.amazon.com. Hello and welcome along to a special edition of the Two Robbies podcast. I'm Robbie Musto. And I'm Robbie Earl. Today we're joined by two special guests, Miles Corman and Robert Priest of 8x8 magazine. We've recorded this podcast on December the 11th and releasing it now in conjunction with the latest issue of 8x8, which features an exclusive interview with the two Robbies. We're going to do a little bit different today and hand over the interviewing duties to Miles and Robert in a moment. But before that, let's get Robert to tell the listeners a little bit about 8x8 magazine and what makes it different from other football magazines. Thanks very much for inviting us over, Robbies. Um, 8 by 8s a large format global soccer magazine um, with a very strong emphasis on storytelling. Miles, my colleague here, um, is responsible for a lot of the assigning in the magazine. Our design is cutting edge. It's, um, we try to uh, emulate the experience of actually attending a game. And we're looking forward to having this conversation with you guys. Well, I'd like to start today with Chelsea. Um, after the club's worst season for a long time, Chelsea are back on top of the table. What's changed, in our opinion, is the, the manager. And mm. our, question, our first question for you is how has Antonio Conte turned this team around? Wow. Um, yeah, one of many new managers in the Premier League, Robert. And I think, as we record this, the one who's made the biggest impact. And I would have to say as well, had the biggest job. Going from 10th to 1st, never, never easy. I think his style is abrasive. He's a tough guy. We know about his tactical side of it. We know how he works. He's very much of a... 11 v 11, we call it shadow play, where it's, it's kind of boring training for the team to, to establish a plan, to establish kind of set moves within a system that you see week in, week out. We're certainly seeing that. I think I have to add that it's, of course, easier for him with no European football this year. But there's been a lot of talk, and we'll go on to some of the details, Robbie, but the mm. system change... Um, bringing in new players, I think uh, mm. Victor Modes on the right-hand side, Marcus Alonso, a new player, David Luiz coming in. So he's fresh in the team as well. Mm. But it is about the system, and it is about, Robert, how the players at Chelsea are absolutely suited to this new system. And in Eden Hazard and in Diego Costa, you've got two star players that are motivated, they have desire, and it's all down to the, the strong experience and historically successful mannership style of Antonio Conte. Yeah, you know what, I'm, I'm just going to wind it back a little bit because I, I remember when he took the job in the summer. He, he was managing the, the national team at, at the time. He came in slightly late to, to Chelsea. And I remember saying, when Rebecca Lowe was asking us about a, a pre, preview show, I said, he's got the hardest job of the top teams in, the, in this country. Why? Because he's got a group of players who finished 10th, you know, let's just, just think about it. The ability, the winners, the reigning champions, finished 10th, 31 points behind Leicester City, disinterested, disillusioned, 
some overweight, some not really bothered, and I'm, and I'm saying he's got to take them from there to the top of the table. And, so, you, and you weren't sure whether he, he could do it. I said it was, this, is, this is going to take time. This, this might be a three- or four-year process to get Chelsea where they want to be. Okay. He starts the season. Apparently, he runs them quite hard in, 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 in pre-season. He starts the season playing with a 4-4-1-1 or something similar. 4-1-4-1 with, with Angolo Kante as a holding midfield player. And he kind of, I thought, almost went, right, you show me what you've got. And he let the team play, and they got beat by Arsenal badly. And that was the moment he came out with something and said, this team um, looks good on paper, yeah. but we're not very good we're on not seeing it. Yeah. And that was it. From that moment on, it was about Antonio Conte. Fighting and screaming, he's dragged this team back up. He's changed the system, and we'll talk about the detail of that in a minute. But he's got a group that's got their attitude back, got their hunger back. And there was one key thing that happened this season for me, and I remember the game. Diego Costa was on four yellow cards. I think it was against Leicester, and they were playing Manchester United the next game. And if he got another yellow card taking him to five, he'd miss the next match. I remember Diego Costa doing the, the kind of universal sign that footballers do. It's like, sub me sort of 70 minutes in the game. I don't want to take a risk and get uh, another yellow and miss the Man United game. Antonio Conte went crazy on the, on the touchline, told Costa to stay on and made a big point after it, said he has to become more responsible. He has to become more in control of his emotions. Now, it's like sometimes when you, you, you're at school, Sometimes the best fight is to pick with the biggest guy. Because if you pick the fight with the biggest guy and get him in line, everybody else falls along. And I think that that moment with Diego Costa was groundbreaking for Antonio Conte. Because I think after that, everybody started to realise, wow, he's the guy in charge. There's a lot of player power always mentioned when they talk <laughs> about Chelsea's team, um, especially during the Mourinho years. And I wonder if... What has Conte done to actually change that? Do you, do you think that's, that's a thing of the past now? I mean, John Terry was, you know, obviously a very strong person in the dressing room, and he's not playing that regularly. Mm. Um, how, how do you think all that works? Well, I think it's interesting because I think the appointment of Antonio Conte, I liked it because knowing what sort of personality he was, he's a tough guy. And I, I happen to think, and I thought when he was appointed, that this, this squad need that. I think the, the talent is obviously there. They were champions the year before Leicester City. And they needed a straight-talking guy that's going to kick their backsides back into shape. Now, the difference is, Robert, that Mourinho is that guy. But, but he's so... I think he does it in a way that rubs a lot of players up the wrong way. We know that he can throw players under the bus in interviews. We know he drags people off. He kind of publicly sometimes humiliates some of his talented players. And I think you lose some of the modern-day star players with that style. I think Conte is a similar tough guy, but I think, I just think he's, his manner gains more respect from the players. I think players in general mm. like... To, to, for, a, for, a, for a leader that you look at and you're a little bit scared um, or intimidated of, I think that makes you want to play for him. But if he's being a, a, a hard-ass for the wrong reasons, then you can switch off to it. So I think that's the key with his style, with his demeanour, that he's tough, which is what this squad needs. Mm. But I think he does it in the right way where I think the players will really respect him. I, th I think one of the differences... Um 
in terms of man management and player power, we kind of heard two contrasting stories, didn't we? We heard, like, from one side, it was like players aren't really getting on with Jose. He's, he's a problem. The other side, it was like players don't, don't want to play for him. Eddie Hazard was a problem. Things happen in football games, and I always think of a player. Now, the season Chelsea won the title, Nemanja Matic was a warrior, was a huge part in that team winning the title. Again, certain instances with me stick. Nemanja Matic was a substitute for Chelsea under Jose Mourinho before, before he left the football club. Came on the, the pitch as a substitute. For no apparent reason, nothing that was tactically all that you had to do, it, he subbed Nemanja Matic off. Nemanja Matic is a good professional. That hurts you. That, that really dents you. You go home and you, 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 you're gutted when that happens because it's a slur on your professionalism. Not only did, does that affect Nemanja Matic, affects everybody else in that dressing room because they sort of go why would the manager do that and if he do it to Manu Matic who was a champion warrior the year before he'll do it to me and things like that cost Mourinho his job and, and cost his team the, the spirit and, and, and the, the, the work ethic they had you remember the, the, the successful Jose Mourinho teams had this kind of us against the world mentality they were a tight knit group and you know what they used to say we know people don't like us. We know we've got lots of money with, with, with a big owner, but we're going to win titles anyway. And, and at times, you have to just respect that. That went away. So looking back, just a bit of a side note here, a bit of a tangent mm. here. So now, knowing now mm. about that Chelsea team and how yeah. it imploded, the, the, the yeah. thought was at the time, is this yeah. Mourinho? Is yeah. it him mm. that, that's, that's driving the squad apart and driving a, a dagger in there in some ways? Or is it the players' fault? Is it the players that should be livening up again now? Mm. Well, I think we've seen now that the players have got the yeah, ability yeah, to, yeah. to play again. So what, what do you think? Yeah. Well, well, it, do, well do, the do, obvious do, conclusion stares out that it was a manager. Yeah, it was a I manager so. not managing that group of players well. Yeah, I think it's modern-day football, Robert, because mm. you, you assume that a player can be great every single season, but the star players, it, it, it's just the fact is that you've got to treat them in the right way. And I think Mourinho lost mm. that. And, mm. and, and going back to Antonio Conte, that's his secret. Tough, organised, structured, Italian way, kind of suited to the Premier League with the physicality and the speed of it all in a respectful style that the players have totally bought into. His defence at Juventus was amazing. Mm. And he's, I, I don't know whether you could say he's, he's got the Chelsea team into that position yet, but Luiz is looking like a different mm. player. Yeah. Um, one person I did want to bring up, and, and it seems like a fairly obvious one, but Kante, Ngolo Kante, mm -hmm. um, is almost like two players uh, mm. in terms of um, controlling the midfield. I mean, how, again, how much do you think he is responsible for this turnaround? I, I think a uh, very important part of it. I, I don't think it's all about N'Golo Kante. I think you're right. I think he does an amazing job of what he's good at, which is closing down space, um, winning the ball back, keeping his passing simple. And what he allows the team to do is, for the likes of Pedro and Willian on, on one side and, and Azad on the other side, Robert, it, it, they can push higher knowing they've got this crazy athlete in midfield that can cover... All the, way, all the way across the field of play. Matic is a good partner for, for him as well, but he, he, they can cover that, that, that distance so well that it allows those players to play higher up. I mean, what was he, $40 million, Rob? And, mm. and, and Leicester obviously missing him badly for their season. Um, I just think he's an important part of the jigsaw. He's not, mm. he's not the star man. I know he's very important, Rob, but at this level now, he's jumped... Mm. 
I know he's champion last year, but in terms of the football club, the expectation is surrounding players, etc. He's jumped to level. He looks comfortable, but he's ideal, again, when you look at the system of play and the, the other players around him. But yeah, let, let's just go back to the system because, I don't know, we, nobody said what it is. It's like some taboo. It's a 3-4-3, three, three guys. We're okay. We can say it. And, and he's introduced this system. And, and what he bought was structure and discipline to a group of talented players. He bought a framework for those players to go back to when things aren't working right. But one of the most kind of contrasting things I saw about the system is that while it brings discipline and structure, it's actually given the team and individuals more freedom. Let me, let me explain. So Moses and Alonso, depending on the game, at times are like wingers. They're not like ball, they're not like wing backs sitting and they're like wingers. So they have the freedom at times to go on the wide areas of pitch and cause problems and they stay out there, cause problems. And Golo Kante is a really interesting one because when they started the season in a four one and he was the one, four one, he kinda got anchored in, in the middle of the pitch. Now anyone who saw Angolo Kante for Leicester knew he, I think they call him the mole because he pops up all over the pitch. He, and that's what he does. He goes here, there and everywhere, stopping counter-attacks, winning the ball, getting aggression. I mean, he's not the greatest passer in the world. He can't do... Robbie Musto can do more kick-ups than him. Correct. He's, got, he's not the most <laughs> skillful man. But let me tell you, he's so, so important. And the other person it freed up was Eddie Hazard. Because Eddie Hazard was stuck on the left-hand side of Mourinho's team and he had to run up and he had to run down and he had to do just as much defending as he did attacking. Now with this system, he comes centrally under Costa and he can go down the side of the pitch, scored a wonderful goal the other week on the right-hand side. He can do down the left. He can express himself in the way he was. So a structured system has given the better players more freedom to go and do what they want you, to do. You mentioned him, Victor Moses. Hmm. Should, we, should we talk about him a little bit, Robert? Because I, I think he... Innovation this year. Yeah, I mean, just in terms of somebody that's been mm. loaned everywhere yeah. and under previous managers of this football club was never really expected to be an important yeah. part of it. Again, the system with the wing-backs is perfect for him because he's got the ability to get forward and create and take people on and score goals and also get back and he's diligent mm. enough to do his defensive part. How surprised are you that, that he is such an important player mm. in this team? I didn't see all the, the, the game, the, the tactical understanding, because the wing-back position is, is a hard position, by the way. Yeah, you have to know it. where yeah, to be right. up and down the pitch. You have to get your angles right, your support right, or your time's tucked into to the three centre-backs. At times, are you going to support the wide? So, Victor Moses is, is gone from, from, like, a bit poor player. The guy who's going to play in the... Not the first 11 when he's practicing, but the 11 who play against them, to being a big star player in the team. And forget the, let's, let's forget the football side of it for a moment. I, I just was thinking about the individuals who, 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 he's, who he's touched and who he's changed. Victor Moses won. Now, Victor Moses is probably like just delighted that he's in the first team again. He's, he's been a part of it. But he, he, the man management of Conte has affected him. The man Matic, I thought, was low in confidence. I, th I think the few things he did, uh, the Mourinho did on him, took the wind out of him. All of a sudden, assists, getting around the pitch, looks back like the player. But you've got to handle the Matic differently than you handle Moses. Eddie Hazard, we all know how good he was, but it wasn't happening. He looked a little bit like he put a pound or two on. He looked like he was a bit disillusioned. My management gets him back. Now, Eddie Hazard's a superstar. So you don't handle Eddie Hazard like you handle Victor Moses. But he's had this man management style. And then Diego Costa is the one that just is, is, is fascinating because 
He's not taken the, the fire and, and, and the, the, the fight out of Diego Costa, but somehow he's controlled it. And do and you know what? Costa's a better player for it. I think it's pretty stunning to talk about Diego Costa and, and his difference. Um, I think at this moment in time, he is as good as he can be. And that's a, that's a great um, sign of the manager and what he can do for a player. I mean, last season, I had him in, I had him in my fantasy team. He was a disaster. Why, that's why. That's why like, there you go. It, it was a disaster. And at the moment, he's as quick and as sharp and as hungry and as mentally, emotionally on a perfect, in a perfect place rather than, than I've ever seen him before. Some of his finishing, some of his link-up play, he's assisting other players, he's making others around him a lot better. He's not arguing, he's not throwing his arms up in the air. Robbie Earl's right. He, he had his little, little snap-up with mm. his manager, and since then, he's been impeccable. So, again, all this, and we're picking out some players here, it's all down to the style, the approach, and the passion, I think, from Conte. In the meantime, Fabregas, William, they're seemingly out of favour. Mm. Why? I think um, I think Cesc Fabregas, in terms of what he wants from his teams, isn't quite the man. Um, I think Cesc is going to be important to him in certain games for what he brings with his long-range passing, his cleverness. Um, but I think that position, those two in the middle of the park, and it's been Matic and it's been N'Golo Kante, is very important to him. In games when Chelsea have had to do something a little different to win, those two, for the most part, have remained. So I think that's a core part of the team that he wants to have a certain type of midfield player. So, so that's, that's the answer mm. in, in terms of Cesc. Yeah. We'll get to other ones. Yeah. What do you think? Because we're a little bit different here because yeah. a few mm. months ago yeah. we had a question from Rebecca saying, Cesc, is it time for him to leave the football club? Is he motivated enough? Is, it, is, mm. is, is the club moved on? And I said, you know what? For what he can bring, I'd keep him because he's a talented player and let's see if he reacts from a different manager. And I think he has. Yeah, I was of the sort, I have to say, I was of the feeling at the time when Rebecca asked the question, you know what, it looks like the fire's gone out a little bit. He didn't look like he was, he was as interested in one or two things. We heard some stories about whether he was instigating things behind Marina. And I thought sometimes he, he, good players turn into bad eggs. And I thought, you know what, he might be a bad egg. But having said that, when he's gone into the team, he's been important. And he can still see a pass. He's got a great relationship with Diego Costa. And, and as, as, as Robbie Musto was saying... You know what, if you're going to win a title, you, you need a squad. You need people who can, can come in, who can change a game for you if it's going to be tight. Who, who, who can, if, if Antonio Conte wants to slightly tweak his system and maybe play three midfield players in there and drop one of the wide players, play Hazard underneath the two, which he has done as well at Juventus, Cesc Fabregas might have an important role. Does he play, stay so happy? I, I got it Does Cesc stay happy as over long, a long, long season as long as they're without, without starting? As long as they're winning. As long as they're winning. And I think you get to the end of the season if he gets another title, uh, win his medal, and then I think he reassesses. With a player like Pedro, mm. um, it, it, you can see what you get. He, he works extremely yeah. mm. hard. Mm. And, and so that, that vision that uh, Fabregas mm. have got Conte's doing without it, really. But that, that brings us to blend, then, mm. OK? Mm. So I think mm. an, an, an a important part of what Antonio Conte has brought to this team is a great balance of defensive strength, of attacking flair, and of, of midfield stability. And I think he knows that. And, and if, if he wanted to tweak it a little bit, then we might see Cesc Fabregas mm. a little bit more, mm. or we might see a little bit Oscar. Mm. But I think right now what we're seeing 
is that, that, that if they want to go into their shell, they pull those wide players back, it becomes mm. a 5 Four, one, really hard to get through. If they need to be expansive, they've shown us they can do that with some brilliant attacking play, some creativity, some combination play with Hazard and Pedro, Willian and Costa. They can do that. They've shown us they can come from behind to win games as well. So I think uh, of everything we're talking about with Antonio Conte, I think we have to respect yeah. the, the blend and the balance of a, of, a, of, a, of a Premier League team. I think balance is, is, is a great word as well, and I just want to touch on, on one area of the pitch where you, you, at the moment the balance, the balance seems to have been perfect, and that's a back three, by the way. Aspilicueta, who played as a right-back most of, most of his time, played as, as a, in a centre-back role. Gary Cahill, who was having one or two problems, certainly playing as a two, plays as a left-sided centre-back, and, and it's fine. David Luiz, who's got the insurance policy now, with two good defenders, two guys who just want to defend and... and, and, and Stop balls going into the net, a la John Terry-esque in some respects. you got David Luiz, who can get on the ball. Are you surprised now while he's done? Oh, unbelievably surprised, because his concentration looks better. It doesn't look like there's an error in him. He can step forward. He can see a pass. He can take a free kick. David Luiz is looking the international top-class defender that I think Chelsea thought they were buying first time around. Yeah, and it goes back to, to the shape. It goes back to the blend and the balance. And also, I think on him as well, I think, I think we shouldn't underestimate the coaching part of it. He's a defence-first guy. He's Italian. He's worked with Barzali and Bonucci and Chiellini, play, players that, that are brilliant defenders. And I think that has to have rubbed off a little bit on David Luiz. Again, the system's perfect for him. He can be the, you know, the spare guy and look a million dollars and, and go and, and, and meet the ball where it comes in. He's, he's one-on-one, he's, he's not good. And in a, in a back four, he sometimes positionally struggles a little bit. So that's another... I mean, this is all feel-good factor, mm-hmm. real good stories of what this manager's brought to the club. See, I find it still kind of surprising that we wouldn't be talking about City like this. Mm. And, mm. and after, especially after that incredible start they had. I mean, just as another sidebar, Robbie, yeah. where, mm. where, what do you think's gone wrong there? Well, at the start of the season, um, I, I was, first of all, incredibly excited to get Pep Guardiola as a manager in the Premier League. Man City have been trying to get this guy for years. And it's a fantastic fascinating experiment that we're living through right now can his total football style that's dominated in his career so far be brought into a football club and dominate the Premier League it's the ideal club they're a very good team not long ago they were champions they've got a lot of money they've got great facilities they've got an ownership and a hierarchy that's all Barcelona so it's the perfect environment or go on then Pep let's see what you can do is I think he's learning that this league is different. It's super competitive every week. I think the the high energy pressing, the pressure, um, the long balls, and the second balls is what he says, Robert, a lot that he's struggling with. Where in other countries, I, I, in England, it's kind of like you, you, teams are really good at finding a way to, to be successful or finding a way to upset a team. And that often is long balls, is scrapping. Maybe the referees give you a little bit more on the physicality side in the Premier League. So at times you're going to see fantastic football, but I think the, 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 the playing out from the back, the total football, the, the, the different systems and all the system changes and different personnel. And it, 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 I thought it would be too much change for him to win the league in the first season. We are seeing it now. They are a really good squad of players. But in my opinion, Robbie Earl, mm. too much change. Mm. 
he's learning, he's sat there and you're thinking, wow, yeah. you know, you are, you are learning what makes this division so competitive. Yeah, I think we we all agree. You know, getting Pep in, in the Premier League was, was huge. You know, he, he's I've said before if you, if you, if you make a, a stack of the best managers in the world, Pep Guardiola is on top of it for what he's won and the way he's won it and the development of players. Now, this guy's a smart, deep thinking, tactical guy. So we get to a position where okay manchester city aren't winning the league they may have a bit of catch up to do um or they're not certainly been the team we probably all thought too much change is is, is at the heart of it you know majority of the season they made more changes to their first 11 than, than anybody else um you look at the way they play sometimes i think you've got to bed some things down there's got to be some form of consistency I know he's too, he's a fluid and he likes people moving but you know this league sometimes they, they get caught too much in transition they're unbalanced people can, can get against them so I just think a smart bright intelligent coach learns right so let's changes. get to it so let's get to it changes is he going to so the, the, the big that's the big question changes some of his right. philosophy to win are you saying the first League? of all forget what he might do are you saying that he should change his total football no no no, no are you saying no, i'm not saying Premier his League? total i'm saying a smart bright coach tweaks it tweaks what he's doing let me give you an example yeah, let me give you an example, example. what that might be well, for well, his well, team right for him okay John Stones, good signing for me. People have had their, their criticisms. Good signing, good footballer, perfect Pep kind of kind of player. He's going to develop into a top England international. He's joined the football club. He's had more partners than Elizabeth Taylor has husbands. <laughs> he, 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 he's had Sanya, Kolarov, company, Otamendi, Zabaleta, Fernandinho. Here's a kid who's learning how to become a top-class defender. He hasn't got a partner. The company's obviously the one with the injuries. We don't know what's going to happen with him. He's been playing in the back three, a back four. At times, he likes gets left one-on-one with no cover around him. The kid's struggling because... So what does he want? He wants a back four. Right. Or, so or, if, set... you, or if you're going to go the three, Rob, go to the back three. Conte goes to the three. Keeps the three, and we understand our shape and our roles and responsibility. He's, he's almost expecting John Stones to be PK or Puyol or those players who know the game and can understand and see positions. He's a kid learning the game, and his development is important. Give him a partner, give him some structure. So you want structure. a sem- similar back Four. I, I, don't, I don't mind if it's a three or a four, depending on how he but, wants so to you play. So want, you want him to, to stick want, to a system I want a structure. Play. I want some more structure in my back line and my transitional play. When I go forward, when at times there's five attacking midfield players, I want the shape right so we don't get hurt as quickly as we do on the counter. Listen, so I'm not going to disagree with that, but what's interesting with this Pep experiment is that I don't think he's going to make any of those changes. I think he's doing it his way. So you're saying he's stubborn? Yes. He's, he's negligent he's, to, 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 to think, and he's going to lose games and lose I titles. I think he's going to train hard every day to get better at what he's doing. I think that's in, in okay. him. Oh, so the, in so him. the big question he's is... He's never going to change. So the big question is, can he win it doing it that's his way? That's the question. Can he win and it? that's what he wants time with. The other question is, can he win it with this squad? Because I feel like yeah. he doesn't quite have the players... I still think, bizarrely, 
he can win it with a squad of players. I think this, this squad of players is good enough to win the Premier League title. If Leicester City could win it last year, <laughs> Pep Guardiola, the best manager in the world, with this group of players, Sergio Aguero and, and De Bruyne and Silva and Sterling and Alito and now, can win the title. See, I don't. So I, I believe in what he's doing. Um, I don't think he'll change. I don't think they're ready to win it this season. I think in Kolarov, um, mm, Otamendi, Sanya, certainly Sanya and Kolarov, aging defenders, Robert. Mm -hmm. So this expansive football is great, and when it works, they've got to get better at it. It's stunning going forward. They've got to get better defenders to be back there, Rob. Whether mm -hmm. it's a John, they've got to go and buy another one mm -hmm. or two defenders. So when it does go a bit pear-shaped, and when there is transition, there's better players there to handle it. So I think you give them a season, you give them a couple of transfer windows to get some more players in there defensively. There's a, there's a bunch of stunning attacking players at that football club, mm -hmm. but I think he needs a few more to, 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 to make his style more effective. I think this conversation is evidence of this in in one way but it it feels like so much of the talk about the premier league focuses on managers mm. um mm. to the extent that they almost outshine their players and i wonder if you have kind of tr if you agree with that assessment or you have tracked that transformation i agree with it mm. i think this this season of premier league is, is about the managers we've never had so many famous i'd say famous mm. managers in the league ever before um, I, as a kind of a, I'm a bit of a technical, I love seeing how these managers work and, and, and how they set their teams up. Um, I think Mourinho, the thing is very different because coming off a season where it, he was a failure at Chelsea, it went badly wrong. And he has had a great first half of the season with Manchester United. There's signs he's, he's improving there. We've talked, of course, a lot about Antonio Conte, Pep Guardiola, Jurgen Klopp. And I think, I think in, turn, in trying to summarise it all, it's really great to see how they react to it and what the changes mm. they make. Mm. I think Pep Guardiola at Liverpool is particularly fascinating. This season, they're going in the right direction. No question, they're improving. I just wonder, Rob, how long... I mean, they can't all win. No. So there's going uh, to be success and failures. How long do these clubs stick with these famous managers to get it right? Um, they get more time because of who they are, but... I mean, said that, Jose Mourinho eventually got sacked. So if, you, if you're not winning titles, and that could be the thing you're saying, it might take Pep two or three years. Not that the owners are going to sack him, but the fans might get a little bit restless. He might, he might change a little bit. Let's throw Pochettino into the mix as well about the, the, the top managers. He's a six. One guy who I'd love to see, and this is just my own sort of fancy world, if Sir Alex Ferguson was around with him as well. That, that would be the perfect mix, how, how they would go against him. But it's interesting. Let, let me just sort of have one thought in terms of the managers. Because you're right, it's about the managers now, personalities. We see Klopp, we see Conte, we see Wenger doing it a very different way. Well, there's somebody older. else. There's somebody but, else. But, but, but the one, that, the one that, that, that intrigues me a little bit is Mourinho. Because over the last couple of seasons, and I, and I, and I don't like saying this because I'm, I'm a huge Mourinho fan and I think he's been a great coach and he's a good technician. It's almost like he's lost a little bit of his identity. When I, when I look at the others, I know what Klopp's about. I know what his team is. Conte, Pep, stubbornly or not, I know what he's about. Pochettino is going to do it with a... With Jose at the moment, dare I suggest he's caught between a rock and a hard place. He, we know he's, he's been a, a defensive first coach in the past. One thing's had good players, had good teams, are well set up. But he's at Manchester United. And he's torn between having to play some better football. I don't football. think he's torn. I don't think he's torn now. I think that he is committed, and he said it, that this project, as he said, mm. is going to be an attacking one. 
He's not going to be pragmatic. Mm. He's not going to park the bus. He's not going to pick teams and be defensive first. So mm. of all the ones you mentioned, just following yeah. on from your point, you know what you're going to get. Mm. You know the Pep mm. and the, yeah. the club yeah. and the Conte. Jose's trying to change mm. his philosophy at this particular football mm. club. So in some ways, maybe that's the hardest thing for any of them to do, to do that at a huge club. And whether, because he hasn't shown me, I mean, Real Madrid, they had a brilliant squad of players. They're always going to attack. It's different there. And he found a way to win the Premier Division there. But in England, by changing the style, mm. that's going to be difficult. And I think if he does pull that off and wins mm. a title, playing that attractive football, that's Isn't really impressive. Isn't it funny impressive. as well? I know the last time we, we did an um, interview in the 8x8 mag and we talked about Pep and, 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 and Mourinho being in the same city. And, and, and who was a, Isn't it funny? But this stage of the season, Pep needs to concentrate a little bit on his defending. Marino needs to concentrate a little bit on his attacking. Yeah, exactly. And both could do with a little bit of each other to make the teams better. Yeah, I've got to say, it's a little bit disappointing. <laughs> it's a bit anticlimax, isn't it, of, of these two in, in, in Manchester? I thought we were going to be talking yeah. about that all the yeah. time yeah. and newspaper articles about these two saying stuff about each other and who's better. I think... I think while well, you went, we both went for Manchester to be at the top mm. of the league. The two, at the start of the season, I'm like, yeah. it's about the Manchester's. The two Manchester yeah. teams, yeah. you know, new managers. They, they've they've bought in players, particularly United, mm. and it hasn't. Mm. And and I think you know, of course, there's a long way to go the season, but you're right. I just wonder if some point that Manchester fire might mm. just get lit. Just to talk about Mourinho's identity, um, you know, he thrives so much on mm. attention in the press mm. and kind of fueling his ego. With so much more star power in the league um, on the sidelines, do you feel like that has had, with their less oxygen to fuel Mourinho's fire? He's not liked it, by the way. A bit of the shine's gone off him, and he yeah. loves the spotlight, mm. and, he, and, he, and he says his few things, and he, he shook hands with one or two managers who we thought in the past he was going to have fights with, and he's realised that's not the thing. By the way, he's not winning as many games as he used to, so, so that kind of puts you on the back foot a little bit. Yeah. He, he's shown a little bit of emotion and frustration during the course of the first half of the season, got himself a couple of bands. So, listen, he's not having it all his own way, and that's good, and that's a test of a coach, and that's now... Can he change a little bit? Can he mature? And I go back to Sir Alex Ferguson because he was the, the, the coach that, that, that was holding the highest regard for the time we were playing in the Premier League and then working on it. And that guy developed teams and moulded over a 20-odd year period and became the great manager. If Jose Mourinho, the special world self-appointed, wants to be one of those great top managers, then he has to evolve and slightly change a little bit to, to do that. And, and you brought it up in, in, the, in the, one of the previous editions to the magazine. We did talk about Mourinho. Mm. Was he the right guy for Manchester United or not? I said, no, long-term it's not where the club want to be. And you said, yes, yes it is. Short-term fix. So I think, again, we're at the moment... <laughs> I guess if they don't finish United this season in the top four, that's been a failure. Questions. Two hundred million dollars mm-hmm. on legitimate, good, mm. world-class talent in Zlatan Ibrahimovic, Paul Bogba, Henrik Mkhitaryan, and Eric Bailly, who looks a good mm. defender. Yeah. If they can't get better than Louis Van Gaal's fifth place on goal difference mm. last season to get in that top four, that's a failure. Mm. I mean, in a way, it's as if the project is Jose embracing attacking football. And, yeah, and, and mm. it might take a while. Wait, and, and as I said before, I, I haven't seen it. Right, I haven't right, seen it. Right. Inter Milan. A couple of times we've heard after the game, haven't we? Amazing, amazing. Yeah, we're, pl- we're playing very, 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 very well. Uh, oh, yeah. we, we, we haven't seen it, but I mean, there is there is yeah, signs of improvement. Signs of improvement. 
yeah. players are coming back. The Mkhitaryan's getting a, gets continues a run of form, and you know. I guess this is going to be a two-year. Mm. Like, who's right or who's wrong? Yeah, because yeah, I mean, I, I did think that he would win. I thought he would win in year Somebody one or two. Somebody suggested me that this is a fourth-year transition, so from Sir Alex to to David Moyes. David Moyes to, to Louis Van Gaal, Louis Van Gaal to Jose Mourinho. We're, we're like fourth hands now. And by time, we've maybe had a couple of years, it'll sell down. Okay, champs, uh, thank you for listening to this special 8x8 podcast, part of an ongoing series of two of his interviews in the magazine. So make sure you go to 8x8mag.com or head to Barnes & Noble. You'll get a quality football read. So from the three robbies, actually, <laughs> Earl, Musco and Priest and Miles Corman, I'm saying bye for now. Want to earn extra cash for the holidays? Amazon Flex is expanding in the San Francisco Bay Area. Opportunities in Richmond, Oakland, and Daly City. Earn around $20 to $27 an hour delivering packages with Amazon. All you need is a car, a smartphone, and some free time. This is a great opportunity to be your own boss, deliver when you want, and make extra money. With Amazon Flex, you'll have flexible hours and great earnings. To get started, download the app at flex.amazon.com. That's F-L-E-X dot You must be at least 21 years old. Limited opportunities available. Get started at flex.amazon.com. Com.